You're listening to a sermon on the Mission Ridge Church Podcast. Hang around after the sermon for more information about Mission Ridge Church. Sermon notes for this message or any of our other messages can be found through our website, missionridge.church. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you enjoy the message. We get to finish up the Sabbath series today. We get to finish that up. Um, I feel like this has been... I've enjoyed this one maybe more than... I, I usually like talking about Sabbath. Um, and I, I might have liked talking about Sabbath this year more um, or studying it. And, and that's been a really good time. So just a little bit of, uh, a little bit of review here just to remember where we've been. Uh, a couple of things that I've pulled out, not a, not a comprehensive review here, but um, we started off with the idea Sabbath is built into all creation. Uh, Cindy pointed out last week in the graphic, uh, there's, there's lungs in the trees. If you look at the graphic, those are trees shaped like lungs. Uh, she caught it. So um, subtle, subtle hint there. We've got uh, Sabbath is built into all of creation. Um, is it, is it freaking out back there, Scott? No. Oh, okay. Oh, I'm just at the very top. We're at the top. It's fine. Uh, so Sabbath's built into all creation. Sabbath is meant to be something that you can delight in. Rob talked about joy. He's been on that joy kick. Uh, activity is not the same as productivity. We talked a little bit last week about this. You start to track. We talked about tracking what you do during the week, right? And these little, uh, these little demons that live in our pocket, and you're like, oh, I spent how many hours staring at that box? Cool, 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 cool. Uh, so, but this, this idea of that busyness and productivity, they're related, but they're not necessarily hand in hand. Uh, by the way, how did that worksheet go for you guys? I remember I mentioned that that first week of like tracking things. They wanted like down to 15 minutes. Like if you spent 15 minutes on something, record that. That's, that's, a, that's an experiment to do. Uh, we'll talk about mine later. <laughs> We're in for a treat. Uh, but this, and with that kind of is this, this idea that Sabbath is not just this something that it's, a, it's not a break, it's not a rest, it's not an I deserve this, but it's, a, it's moving. And I, I hope we're shifting from viewing Sabbath as, as something that we don't want to do to something that, no, this is probably a good thing. Um, and maybe not, not I deserve Sabbath, but thank you for Sabbath is where we're hopefully getting to uh, in our mindsets. And then the last thing that I've kind of noticed <clears throat> as we're talking about Sabbath is that Sabbath reveals a little bit of how much or how little I really desire God in my life. It's revealing of that. Uh, I'll let you chew on that one. I'm going to start with, with our, our Mission Ridge, our uh, definition of Sabbath here. Sabbath is a weekly 24-hour period we, cho- we choose to set apart to cease from our regular routine so we can intentionally engage with God and ourselves and those important to us. Rob used this last week as his implication, if I remember correctly. Um, 
but he was talking about this choosing to set apart to cease from our regular routine. That's kind of this tracking and being aware of what our regular routine is so that we can cease from it. Because if you're not aware of what you're just doing, how many hours am I staring at? I don't have TikTok, so Instagram. That's the, the bane of my existence. Uh, man, that, they, they, they keep designing these to just suck you in and you just fall down a rabbit hole. YouTube's done it now too. They have these reels or whatever, and I don't like them. It's wrong. It's gonna, it, what it's going to do is make me just like delete them all because it sucks up so much of your time. It's important to be aware of that <clears throat> so we can break out of our regular routine. I want to focus on the second part of this, though. Intentionally engaging with God, ourselves, and those important to us. I think we see that in Exodus when God gives the command of Sabbath. He says, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male servant, your female servant, or your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates. Pretty comprehensive list. For in six days, the Lord made heaven and the and earth, the sea and all that is in them and rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Sabbath is not just a, a Christian day off. Right? For a, lot of, for a lot of the church, Sabbath just means, oh, that's the day we just go to church. We just do that, right? We just go to church on Sabbath. Uh, <clears throat> Seventh-day Adventists are very about that. Like, like it's got to be on this day. Other people are Sunday. Other people are like Thursday night. But Sabbath becomes this, well, we just, we just go to church. And maybe, maybe we, we relax from our job that day, maybe. We're still doing stuff, but it's, it's not this just a Christian day off. I was listening to a podcast with John Mark Comer uh, called The Rule of Life. Their first season has been about Sabbath, and we've pulled some stuff from them. It's fantastic. Really good podcast. Would recommend it heartily. <clears throat> There's so many good conversations in there. But one of the things they, were, they, they mentioned, just having a, a little giggle, um, in this, in this podcast w- was they've used this term sabbish, sabbath-ish, a sabbish. Um, it's a day that's kind of like Sabbath. We get this in the church a lot of times. It's a day that's kind of like Sabbath, but, but not really. It's the, the low calorie Sabbath light. You know, there's only 99 calories in that one. It's the Sabbath light. It's this low, it's, it's kind of just a little less than. It might look like I, I got a good devotion in this morning. I listened to some worship music, but I had to finish up the taxes and, and meal prep for the week that needed to get done. Uh, but I did listen to my favorite podcast while I folded laundry. So overall, it was a pretty good Sabbath. Raise your hand if you've done that to yourself on a Sabbath. For sure. Been there, done that. I'd be like, yeah, that was super restful as I was doing all of that work. They said that. I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. Eugene Peterson says it a little more harshly. Uh, he warns against what he calls a bastard Sabbath. 
You knew I was going to talk about that the minute I heard about it. This, this is fantastic. He wrote this in Christianity Today back in 94, actually. Uh, this is a little section of this. He says, a widespread misunderstanding of Sabbath trivializes it by designating it a day off. A day off is a bastard Sabbath. Days, are not, uh, days off are not without benefits, to be sure, but Sabbaths, they are not. However beneficial, this is not a true but a secularized Sabbath. The motivation is utilitarian. It makes us feel better. Relationships improve. We may even get more done on the six days than we would on the seven. We saw that. We were looking at the studies where the secular studies of like a 24 or 25, 30 hour work week being more productive than a 40 hour work week in a lot of cases. But the day off is at the service of the six working days. The purpose is to restore strength, increase motivation, and keep performance incentives high. That's what happens when we take Sabbath and we just make it a secular day. Sabbath is not supposed to just be secular. It's not supposed to be common. It's supposed to be holy. So let's look at this first, the first aspect of that definition. We had intentionally engaged with God, ourselves, and those that uh, are important to us. The first one, Sabbath is meant for worship and deepening your connection with God. Where we in- intentionally engage with God. That's what we mean in that definition that we, that we run with. Sabbath is made holy by God. Right there in Genesis. He makes Sabbath holy. He makes Sabbath and calls it holy. <clears throat> and it's the first time that word holy, I think it's Kadush or something like that. Uh, that first time that holy gets mentioned in the Bible. So you can use your, your law, your principle of first mention and kind of look at what this does. But when, when we define holy, it's helpful to define this word. It's, it's something that's unique. It's special. It's uncommon. It's set apart or it's dedicated to. They had, they had stuff in the temple that was dedicated to, it was only, it was set apart for use in the temple. It was not common. The showbread was not common. It was set apart. The, the stuff, the, the knives that they would use, they were set apart. They're made holy. It's not because they're special. They're the exact same knife. They're just set apart. Sabbath is supposed to be set apart and dedicated to the Lord. Um, Heschel says in one of, his, one of his books, he says that we, we, we make our great cathedrals. Sabbath is a great cathedral that we make out of our time. Instead of out of a, in a thing or blocks, bricks and mortar, we make a great cathedral out of time. Sabbath stands as this great cathedral. You think about that. You think about Notre Dame. Uh, people look at Notre Dame and they're like, that's amazing. And you walk into a building like that, those old cathedrals, you walk in and your eyes are pulled upwards. We don't quite have that <laughs> here. <clears throat> it's not quite the same. It's better than the basement though. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Not in the catacombs. <laughs> but it, it, these cathedrals draw you upward and we make this. Sabbath is a great cathedral that we make out of our time. Think about something in your house that is, that is special. 
Maybe you've got some, uh, some fine china or something. For me, the, the first thing that came to my mind was I've got in, in, my, in my liquor cabinet, I've got a, a bottle of Ardbeg Kelpie. Uh, and this is a, I picked up this bottle many years ago and it sat there unopened because I, I knew I wanted to find it. I stumbled on it one day down in Hamilton of all places. I was like, getting that. Uh, and it sat in my cupboard it was going to be, it was, it, this is a special one. It was a limited release. You couldn't find it anywhere. I was very excited. It sat there. It sat there. It sat there. And finally on my 30th birthday, I had a bunch of friends over and it, I wasn't even planning on it. Just like, oh, I've got that bottle. Now's the time. And that, that's a special, and I've still like, it's, it's still in there. It's in its box. I put it back in its box. And, and if some like, if somebody used it for like a mixer or something like that, we would have words. <laughs> there, would be, there would be problems that would arise from this. Think of something that's special. We have our things that we set apart and like, no, that's my chair. That's like, that's, that's grandpa's chair. Or th- those were, those were, that's the fine china. We don't, we don't just do grilled cheese on that. That's for Thanksgiving, Right? Sabbath is meant to be set apart and made holy. We are to make this holy like that. And we do that with things that we worship. When we come to this space on Sundays, yes, it's not a cathedral, but we take this and we're setting it apart and we make it holy by saying, this is a place that we're going to worship in. I think if you were asked do you worship your God on Sabbath? That's a good question to ask yourself. And what do you worship? And if, you, if, you, if you're not sure, for those of you that have kids, I've been told you can ask your kids. They'll tell you what you worship. I know I can tell my parents. That's important to you. <clears throat> I can tell the things that they've set apart, that they've dedicated to whatever. This is why it's sometimes useful to see Sabbath as uh, lined up with your Sunday worship. Because they're kind of in the same vein. They should be pointing in the same direction. We're setting aside our Sunday worship. We should set aside our Sabbath for worship. Instead of just making an hour of space, an hour and a half, maybe two of time. We set aside that full 24 and we create this space for God to do something in us in that day. The climax of the week ends up being self-limitation for God to have his way in us. It was a quote that I read. I really like that. It's, it's not just the like, oh, we're done with the week. Friday was the, you know, Friday at five, we've reached the end and now we whew, find Sabbath. No, the climax is Sabbath. We see that in creation. The climax is God. He looks at everything and says, it's very good. And then he sits there. It's the, it's the done mowing the lawn, sitting back and going, that looks nice, right? I'm not sure how many of us are actually thrilled at the idea of a whole day dedicated to deepening our relationship with God, though. That's a lot when you think about it. 
a lot of us probably like a day off. If you've started experimenting with Sabbath, you're probably like, yeah, no, I kind of like this. I know I do. I look forward to it. I think that's part of the growing into it. But even me, I, I look at it, I'm like, whole day. Do I need to make this really super spiritual all day? What? I just really wanted to play some video games or something. I don't know. I just wanted to sit and stare at fish tanks. It's been known to happen. We, and we know the right answer. Be like, yeah, of course, no, a whole day to ded- dedicated. It's the it's the Sunday school answer of well, yeah, Jesus. We know the right answer, but I'm not really sure how many of us have fully bought into that. I think that's worth wrestling with. Sabbath is meant for worship and deepening your connection with God. That's the first part of this. Sabbath is meant for understanding and delighting in yourself. You're like, wait, this is the narcissistic part of the sermon. Not quite. See, you are a creation of God and you carry his signature on your every breath. You remember that first one, the Yahweh, Yahweh, in, out. And Sabbath is a space where we slow down and we can remember that you are good and should be delighted in. That's harder for some people than others. The idea that you are good and should be delighted in. And this is similar to the idea of, you know, how are you going to be able to love your neighbor if you can't figure out how to love yourself? We've talked about that before. It's going to be real hard or it's not going to, you're not going to do it very well. If you can't delight in yourself, if you don't have this accurate image of who God sees you as, I can't really expect other people to do that too. That's going to be tough. Now, this is not just some call for self-improvement. Um, self-improvement's good. But this means developing an understanding of how God sees you. This is what we're looking for there. It's not just, you know, well, I need to delight in myself, so I'm going to go drop 20 pounds at the gym because I can't lift it up. Uh, yeah. <laughs> But instead, it's, it's shifting our, our understanding of how God sees us and delights in us. And that starts to change how we view ourselves. Now, when you integrate Sabbath in your life, you will become more self-aware. I can confirm this, have experienced it. It will happen. <clears throat> You've been warned. Uh, constantly, or no, not constantly, I can't read. Consistently, when I slow down, for Sabbath. Uh, this happened during Lent when I was doing all that silence. <sighs> That'll do her. But slowing down on Sabbath, creating space, I become aware of things that I've been ignoring or that I've been blind to, either ignorant of intentionally or ignorant of unintentionally, just because blissful ignorance, right? Uh, I have time to contemplate priorities. What, what do I really care about? I've had time to contemplate loss because of Sabbath. Slowing down and not ignoring those feelings. I know, gross. Like feelings, ew. You slow down and I can't distract myself. I've slowed down. I've created space and God says, here, let's feel what this, let's, let's, let's resolve this. Let's move through this. And frankly, that, that kind of sucks. 
Uh, but it's good when you get to the other side. I'm not a big feeler. I've had space to contemplate things that are out of order. Uh, I'm constantly, for example, I'm constantly running low on energy to deal with people, but simultaneously feel intense loneliness. That was a, that was a good one. Like, oh, there's a double bind for you. That Sabbath is like, oh, well, I don't want to be around people, but, but also I want to be around, well, now I don't know what to do. And God says, yep, exactly. You're going to sit in that. We're going to figure this one out. That's not very fun. I've become aware of my body and what it's telling me. That, that's this always a good one where Logan gets to the end of the week and I get to Sabbath and, and God says something like, you're exhausted and thus you will sleep as soon as you slow down. As soon as you stop moving, you're going to pass out and sleep for 14 hours. It's going to happen. You just woke up, but you're going back to bed, bud. Become aware of what your body's feeling. When you create space with Sabbath, it allows you to understand yourself better. You start to grow in that. You start to, and you can start to delight in that because we start to learn to accept that and know that God says, you're great just right now. Right in the midst of this mess, you're still good. And as I learn to delight in myself as God's creation, that helps my ability to not only connect with God, but also to connect with others. Because if I'm delighting in myself as God's creation, then I'm going to start to see other people as God's creation clearer too. I'm going to delight in them better, more. Now, note, <clears throat> probably not for the people in the room here, but uh, if anybody's hearing this online or you're hearing that, maybe, I don't know, maybe it's somebody in the room, but uh, this is not meant to be some sort of navel-gazing self-care. That is not what I mean by this. Uh, and I, that, I got I to gotta put that caveat on there because our society, we've moved, there's been this whiplash from the hustle culture of like, I have to make money all the time. You got to be grinding it out, never stop 24-7. You know, it's the Elon Musk working 80 hours a week or something like that. You, and you wake up from dawn to dusk and you never stop, right? We've gone from that, and there's still people that are very much in that. That's very much part of our culture. But there's, there's been a pushback and a whiplash and a reaction that has also put us over here of this uh, self-care culture. It's the treat yourself, right? Treat yourself. <laughs> Oddly enough, that's become a billion-dollar industry, of people hustling and making all sorts of money on self-care, but we'll unpack that a different day. Sabbath is more than just a, a day for self-care, though. It's a day for you to worship. And that worship individually, that worship comes out of you and impacts others around you. And, and what that worship looks like is dependent on, am I setting this apart and making it holy? Or is it just a day off? The third part of that definition I want to look at here is Sabbath is meant to engage with and delight in the people that bring you life. <clears throat> Investing in the others that are important to you. It's the others that are important to you part. I translate that as the people that bring you life, life-giving relationships. Sabbath is meant to be not just individual worship, but communal worship. We don't do community the same way as, as past generations, even. 
and certainly not the way that they did community back in the time of Jesus. It looked different. But I think we can still find a way to make Sabbath communal intentionally. It's the, in the same way that we get together, we, it was like the worship night. We got together and we sang and we prayed together. We do this on Sundays. We get together and we sing and we pray together and we sing over each other. And I'm hearing the rest of you sing and that affirms that we're doing this together and that's good for my soul. Going to that worship night and hearing all, I didn't know any of the lyrics to like most of the songs. And yes, they're worship songs. So after the 17th time of singing the chorus, you kind of have it figured out. But once again, I'm not good with lyrics. So I kind of have, maybe I heard it right. I don't know. I'm just singing watermelon. I don't, I don't know what's going on. But I'm hearing these people sing these songs and that's good for my soul. That's just good. In the same way that when we do that, that's powerful and there's, there's value in that, there's power in doing Sabbath together. Think back to that verse from Exodus. It makes a big deal about all those people that you, and the you in that phrase is the patriarch, right? That's who they're directing that phrase at. <clears throat> so it's addressing. The you is the patriarch, the person with the power that that person would have authority over. Yeah, there we go. Perfect. Uh, you or your daughter, your male servant, or your female servant, or your livestock, or their sojourner, this person, all of these people that you would have authority over, that you could influence. Sabbath is not just for you to take a break, patriarch. Sabbath is for all of these to take a break, and you're going to make sure that they take a break. And it was your job to make sure that everyone gets a Sabbath. Now, what are the implications of that? Of worshiping together as Sabbath, setting that apart and making it holy. What kind of story does that tell the world? There's some real low-hanging fruit this week because we just got our Chick-fil-A. I was like, oh, I'll go get that on Sunday. No. I'm going to go on Sunday. There won't be any line. It'll be great. It'll be fantastic, right? <laughs> Not going to go there. <laughs> I want Scott to continue to like me. I won't make any jokes. But they, they, they in all seriousness, they, they closed down from a corporate level the patriarchs of that company closed down and it affects a lot of people, including the sojourners who show up in their drive through line and they're like, I want chicken. It's Sunday. They're getting a taste of Sabbath. It's a small taste. And unfortunately, it's not the taste of chicken that they were looking for, but nonetheless, it's good. <clears throat> Not every person that you're connected to, though, is, is life-giving. That's worth mentioning, okay? Um, it doesn't mean that they're a bad person. It just means that the, the, the nature and the season of the relationship means that they're just not really life-giving, and, and that's okay. That's okay. 
might be something that, that might be pointing out like, oh, hey, maybe we should address something. There's an elephant in the room because my spouse is not life-giving. If your spouse is not life-giving, that probably, probably should address that or shouldn't just ignore that. That's a problem, but that's an indicator. Something that Sabbath can reveal. <laughs> <It's all that. laughs> but for the people in your life that are life-giving, <laughs> Sabbath could be something that you could experience together for the benefit of all. Uh, Sabbath is a space, it's a space that you can naturally create something that people kind of want. We, we, we've, we've talked, you yearn for this, like all of creation calls out for this. They, there's this natural design to it. And when we break out of that, it feels wrong. So to, to get back into it feels awkward, but it's good. It draws us back in, right? So it's a natural space that you can create and people are kind of drawn to it. It's a pleasant aroma, if you will. It looks good. It's appealing. It's got a good taste to it. They're like, hmm, that sounds nice. Even if they don't know why. It's a, it can look like I'm going for a hike on Sabbath. You want to come along? It's a, uh, do you want to come over for dinner on Sabbath? Right? These are easy, low-hanging opportunities where I think you probably realize like, oh yeah, no, that's when people start to come together, Right? Now, the interesting part about this is that I realized as I was contemplating and study prep research during this series, and I'm mulling over these things, uh, I don't really have a lot of this in my Sabbath right now. That was uh, like, oh, oh, oh no. Dad, gummit God, he's done it again, and I got to talk about it, which means he's going to put me through the ringer so that I can talk about it better, because the Lord loves to bless me with good examples. <clears throat> I'm never teaching about, never mind, that's, that's Rob's joke, I won't steal it. Um, I'll never teach about being a eunuch. We're good. Good God. Uh, nevertheless, <laughs> during this series, uh, I've, I've kind of realized this, and, and especially when I started doing, because I, I told you guys to start tracking your weeks that first week. I was like, that's going to come back later. It's back. A little bit of last week, a little bit of this week, right? I was like, well, I can't tell them to do it and not do it myself even though I know that everything's out of order and chaos right now, this is not going to be good. What have I done to myself, right? So I did it. Uh, which, let's put up that first, that first shot, uh, which led to me tracking my week. That uh, starts at 12 a.m., goes to 12 a.m. right there. Now, I did put sleep in there because it felt like it felt good to put that in there. Like, I did get sleep. Uh, that's a lot of... That's a lot. Now, with that, there's also five hours of screen time on average in a day worked into the nooks and crannies, sometimes during some of those things, but it's a lot. It's a lot. A uh, couple of things to notice. Uh, phone use was pretty average, about five hours of use a day. Too much social media for my taste, but also a lot of that's work-related. Messenger, messages, 
texting, all of that stuff counts towards that social media account. So I'm like, oh, maybe that's a little better. But it also was election week, so Twitter with all of that, that kind of bumped that. I'm like, all right, well, we'll, we'll let it slide this week. But the average is about the same. Uh, there's not a lot of silence in that. There's not a lot of silence in that because even the spaces in between, I'm probably listening to something. If not while I'm doing something, like while I'm cleaning, I'm listening to podcasts or, or whatever. Uh, there's a lot of work in there. I didn't tally up the, the hours because I didn't want to because that seemed terrifying. I just don't want to know. It was, a, it was kind of a big week because I'm preaching on top of stuff, so like, ugh, that's rough. Uh, but a lot of the work involved relational energy. It wasn't a lot of just sitting at my computer or something like that. It was a lot of people work. And that, what, what happened this week is that led to me being pretty much just all done by Friday. And, and I, had, I had been cajoled by various people into, no, no one in this room, various people at YFC into going to their youth auction on Friday night. But I got to Friday at four and I was like, nope, all done. No people. And I put down, ignore responsibilities due to mental slash emotional exhaustion. That's what I did for a couple hours. Uh, nope. That was staring at fish tanks and the TV is what that was. And just being like, nope, no people. Can't do it. Can't do it. Uh, which isn't good. It isn't good. Because that bled over into Saturday, too. Uh, I was playing a Christmas gig with Elena and her band. And I was kind of all done with people, too, which is a tough thing to do when you're playing music with people in a building full of people. And it was cold. I was a little cranky. Grinch would have been appropriate. <clears throat> Brings to mind the, this phrase, if we are exhausted, then we don't have the energy to delight in the things that will restore our soul. If I get to Sabbath and I'm exhausted, then I'm not going to be able to delight in Sabbath. I'm not going to really be able to worship well. I'm just going to kind of be inert. That's not going to be good. And then the other thing that, that I noticed from this was there's not a whole lot of relationship outside of the work category, which is a problem. So I, I busted out my old trusty rule of life. We'll go to the next one here. Now I start my rule of life with the, let's go to that next. There we go. I start it with list. I got the four categories. If you've never done a rule of life, happy to talk you through this uh, and, and run you through it. I am getting pretty good at this at this point. Uh, it, it breaks down, but um, I start with the delight, connection with God, relationships, and work. Those are the big kind of categories. Uh, and I put a lot of things in there. There's a lot of things in the delight category. You'll be like, man, Logan's just a delightful person. But, uh, and then we got big ones with connection with God. And you're like, well, that doesn't look like, well, Sabbath is an entire 24 hours. So that's kind of a big deal. Uh, and relationships, that's the first thing that popped out. Like, eh, it's kind of, it's a little sparse. Oh, remember when I said earlier, like that feeling out of balance thing that Sabbath reveals that right there. Like, Oh, why do I feel out of balance? Oh, okay. So then I pull up my spreadsheet, that next one, and I take these things and I try to fit them into a spreadsheet. Uh, 
this is where things get chaotic because there's never enough time. There's only 24 hours in the day. Did you guys know this? I don't know. It's terrible. Uh, so we start work, putting those in and I've gotten, you know, my categories, this has gotten more complex as the time has, as you know, moved on for the past three years or whatever. Um, we got the things that are set that I can't move. We got the music work, daily tasks, delight, uh, other work relationships. Those are orange. Oh, oh, that's, that's the problem. There, there is none there. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Uh, and then if Mission Ridge work that's flexible. Uh, and so this is, I start from this template. This is like the ideal week, maybe. It's not looking super ideal yet. It's still being refined. Like I said, this was a lot of this week where God was like, you're going to deal with this. Cool, fun. It's fine, right? <clears throat> but the, this is the process. I'm just going to throw my, I'm throwing myself under the bus so that you can see what this looks like. Like, how do you actually create this space and then be able to make it holy? to have yourself be in a place where I still have enough energy to create that. So the conclusion that I reached after mulling over all of that, uh, God hitting me in the face with spiritual two by fours for a bit. um, I need to integrate more relational aspects into my Sabbath because I, as the Sabbath goes, the rest of the six days will go. If I integrate more worship in my Sabbath, then the rest of my week will start to have more worship in it. It just works that way. I promise you that's how it works. If I integrate more relational aspects in my Sabbath, it's going to bleed out into the rest of the week. It's going to set the tone Now, I'm 100% sure that this will drastically reduce the exhaustion. Guaranteed. Like, I I know, I just know that that's the case now. Uh, And that's going to then allow me to increase the finding of joy in things. Like, I should have enjoyed playing Christmas music with other people. Like, that's everything I like doing, even if it's cold. I don't really care about the cold too much as long as I can move my fingers, which was a little sketchy at times. It was pretty cold, but like, I should have enjoyed that a lot. I wasn't really enjoying it that much. Probably going to have to make some cookies for Elena and be like, I'm so sorry. You dealt with a cranky person. It's fine. So what do I do with this? How do I, so I've got this concept now. What do I do with it? How do I implement this concept? Uh, I haven't got that completely figured out yet. Like I said, working on that this week. Thanks, Lord. Uh, but I do have some ideas because this is not new. This is not foreign. I've got some ideas that I've pulled from other people and myself. Meals. Everybody loves gathering together for food, right? In the past, I used to do Brenner with the hooligans back in Moscow. We'd get together on Wednesday nights, a bunch of friends. We'd all get cooked breakfast food for dinner and shenanigans would ensue. It was great. It was fantastic. It was very life-giving. Okay, maybe that's a good idea. Maybe try to figure out how to work that into Sabbath. I don't know. Games, getting those life-giving relationships together to, I don't know, play Catan or, I don't know, whatever. Uh, Fool around, go play basketball or tennis or 
it's a little cold for that now, but you know, whatever. Uh, figure out how to integrate some of that maybe, but with people, because there's stuff on that delight list where it's like, I enjoy doing it, but a lot of it's very solitary. And I got to focus on like, okay, how can I bring other people into this? Uh, the last one that popped in my brain is something I used to do uh, in college was Symphony Saturdays. Mike's going to love this one. Uh, we, we called it Symphony Saturday because you had to have a name for everything. Uh, and, uh, you know, Friday night, movie night, Symphony Saturday. And we would grab the homies and we would sip some scotch and soak up a symphony while studying the score. There's a lot of S's involved in that, I realized. A lot of, lot of S's. But we would, we would get together and we would just, we'd have like a score for a symphony. And we would get together and we would listen to the symphony together and nerd out over whatever Mahler had done or Beethoven or, you know, whatever the, the flavor of the day was. All right. So maybe something like that along that lines. I need to, I need to take this and make it tangible. Scott's like, that sounds horrible. Scott, I'm not going to invite you. It'll be great. <laughs> it has to be life-giving for the other people too. It's not like, ah, uh, you're all life-giving for me, but I'm sucking the life out of you. Not a vampire sort of relationship. Not good. Okay. That's, that's a good point. All right. Uh, so that's kind of the tangible steps forward for how I'm going to address this that's become, that I've become aware of, right? So hopefully that's helpful for you guys. The question here is now, what do you do, right? You're like, well, that's great. Logan's got it all figured out. Of course I do. <laughs> what do I do? What do I do sitting here? Uh, so here's, here's some questions that I mulled over. I kind of distilled down a lot of the questions that as I was figuring this out, as I was becoming aware of this, I was mulling over these things over the last month, and I continue to think about them. And I'm not going to answer them for you. I'm just going to give you the questions because the wrestling over them is how you get there. And you've seen all my answers. But you need to, you need to read, it's like back in school, you have to do your own work. Otherwise, it's not going to, like, you, you can't copy this one. You can't just look in the back of the book. Chewing over these ideas is how you get there. It's how you develop your Sabbath in this. And I want you to contemplate them for a bit. I want you to discuss them. I want you to, to argue over them with people, maybe. Be like, I don't know, have a knockdown drag out. Care group could get spicy. Who knows? Uh, but here, here's the question, sir. Do we lose something by not doing Sabbath together? I got that out of the podcast a little bit. They're talking about this, and I was like, huh, I wonder if we miss out on like Sabbath, we, we individualize it too much and we miss out on something. Hmm, okay. Does it change the story of the story that I tell for Sabbath? Does it change that story if we do Sabbath together? And I'm thinking of that more big level of like, if everybody did Sabbath on the same day, that was my, where this was coming from. And then the follow-up is how does that affect the story if everyone picks different days? We're all, which is kind of what we do. And that's okay. Like, I, I feel like that's how we, we start in our culture maybe, but I don't, I don't know if that's the best. I don't, there's, there's upsides and downsides and I kind of just wrestle over that. And then how does communal Sabbath even work in today's society? Have you seen people's schedules? They're terrible. The, the joke is that as, a, as an adult now, my life is just seeing people that I'm friends with and being like, oh yeah, we should get together. And then we do that three months later. And then we do that three months later. We never actually get together because we're like, oh yeah, we need to get together. Oh yeah, we need to get together. Oh yeah. And we, but the schedules never work. 
And I don't even, I'm even, not even married with a family. I'm pretty flexible. <laughs> and it's still a problem. How does, this, how does communal Sabbath even work in today's society? But on the flip side of that is, how big of a story would that tell? Last two here, these are, these are doozies. Do your rhythms and celebrations draw other people in? Does the way that I celebrate Sabbath, that I worship on Sabbath, does that draw other people in? I don't know. And as I rest in delight with God on Sabbath, am I inviting others to join me? That one nailed me to the wall. I'm like, ooh, I don't want to ask that because then I have to answer it. It's terrible. These are good questions to mull over, though. So this is kind of the implication this week. So we're going we're gonna to pass out communion here, and I invite you to just kind of start, start mulling these over. Like, this is not a quick quiz. Like, start to ask God where, where you need to grow, develop, what, what he needs to reveal in that, maybe. And we're all going to be at different places with Sabbath and developing that, but... These are some things to maybe prime the pump. So as we start to mull these over, as we start to wrestle with these, these ideas, these concepts, I'm going to wrap up the whole series here a little bit. I usually start these things. I don't usually finish them. But I was reminded this week, reading my Life Transforming Group readings, that we're, we're in Colossians. At least some of us are, maybe. Some of us might not be. Uh, but many of us are in Colossians. And I was reading Colossians 2, and it reminded me of a verse. I think we used it earlier in the series, or at least we referenced it, maybe. I think Rob's sermon the second week, maybe. It comes out of 2, uh, verse 16 and 17. It says, Therefore let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food and drink or with regard to a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath. These are a shadow of things to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. That second verse there. These are a shadow of the things to come. Sabbath is a shadow of things to come. A shadow, I I could nerd out on this a lot, but a shadow is just a two-dimensional image of a 3D object. It's just a, a, a representation of something. It's not the actual thing. There's no substance there. And so he's, this is a, a kind of a, if, if this, then, if this, then that, if Sabbath is this good and we've tasted that, how much better is the real thing, right? And he says, but that substance belongs to Christ. Sabbath is just a shadow, just a taste of things to come. Even so, when we experience Sabbath, we experience a taste of heaven. You have been commanded and you've been invited to experience that every week. And it might be foreign. It might be a little bit strange. It might make you angry. It might make other people angry at you. But practicing and chasing after it will eventually mold you. It will grow you into a person 
that radiates the light of that Sabbath, that exudes that odor of Sabbath, that pleasant aroma. And and it'll do it just as naturally as you inhale and exhale. Eventually, you become this way. I've met people that do this. They've done it for 50 years. And they just, it's what they do. That's what we're invited into with Sabbath. To remember that each week. Thanks for listening to the Mission Ridge Church Podcast. Be sure to subscribe and share if you enjoyed this message. Mission Ridge is a church focused on relational discipleship and located in Missoula, Montana. If you are in the Missoula area, we would love to have you come and join us for worship. Service times, location, and all kinds of other fun stuff can be found on our website, missionridge.church. You can connect with Mission Ridge Church through Facebook or Instagram, so give us a like or follow. If you would like to partner with us financially, you can give securely online at missionridge.church. We'll catch you on the flip side. Thanks for tuning in.